Feeling better? Looking better. Making life better. It's Life Tips. Life We'll explore the latest innovations, introduce you to the latest products, and bring you the tips from experts and environmental pioneers to help you lead a better life. Life Tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, wiser. Welcome your hosts, Byron White and Amanda Smith. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's show. This is Amanda. Welcome back. Actually, I go by Mandy these days. Um, I am joined this week not by Byron, but by my co-editor, Carolyn McKibben, who is filling in for Byron while he's away this week. Hi, Carolyn. Hi, Mandy. Hi, everyone. It's great to be here. Well, I'm really glad that you're joining me this week. Normally, when Carolyn and I get together, there's bail money involved. But this week, we're going to be responsible. We're going to do some a really good show today. Right, Carolyn? <laughs> you got it, Mandy. Good. So now, I brought Carolyn on because she and I are in agreement that the freelance writers that we have working for us here at Life Tips are among the best I've ever seen. We have an incredible pool of writers working for us. One of the biggest questions we get all the time, what, what makes for good writing? What makes for good tips? How do you judge my writing as a, as a freelance writer? How do I get better jobs as a freelance writer? So we're always looking to strengthen... We're always looking to, uh, you know, strengthen our pool of writers. So I wanted to talk to Carolyn a little bit more about what she looks for in, in a tip. So Carolyn's going to go through some of the ways that, that we can, um, you know, judge their tips a little bit better. So Carolyn, what, what are some of the ways that, what are, what are we using these days to judge our writers by? Mandy, all you have to think of is cowbell. What makes a great tip? Okay, that's a good question. So let's start with the C. Clear, concise, compelling. We want to cut the fat and, and get straight to the good stuff. O, optimized. Uh, we want you to use your keywords and use them well. W, witty. Give us funny. B, we want bona fide, original, authentic, fresh tips. E, educational. We want to be enlightened. We want some good stuff. We, we, we think we're smart, but we want you to humble us to give us something new. L, language. Um, <laughs> this is funny, but we get a lot of um, not so good, you know, grammar, punctuation, mechanics, but we have standards and, and we need to meet those. L, life tips. So we want to wrap it all together in a nice, pretty package. So that's about it. All right. So these days, that's how we're judging our best writers. They they give us more cowbell, right, Car? Cowbell. <laughs> I don't believe you actually brought your own cowbell into the studio. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're actually enlisting the help of Christopher Walken and his Saturday Night Live skit these days. And all we're asking for from our writers is give us more cowbell. Encompass all of those great ideas into your writing. Give us clear, concise writing. Make it compelling. Make it educational. Make it life tips perfect. And that is how we are judging our best writers these days. So we're always looking to strengthen our writers' community to answer our questions. We're always here to work with our writers. So if any of our writers are listening in today, we encourage you to give us more cowbell. So and if you want to learn more about cowbell and some other tips for writing great life tips, go to our blog, and that's blogs.lifetips.com. Great. So they can read your latest blog on this, right? <laughs> yep. You'll, go, you'll see it right there on our blog. Awesome. Thanks so much, Kara, for uh, telling us a little bit more about, about the cowbell. <laughs> no problem, Andy. 
So, all right, we're going to go to break really quickly, and then when we come back, we're going to be talking with one of my personal heroes, Paul McRandall, who's the deputy editor of the National Geographic Green Guide, which is honestly probably the Bible for any environmentalist out there. It is the absolute place to go to to learn about green tips, to educate yourself on the environment, pretty much anything. I mean, everyone knows National Geographic is the place to go for the best green tips. So we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we've got Paul on with us. Life Tips will be right back after this short break. Welcome to Madame Natalia's. You've come to have your future told, no? Yeah, you see, I'm looking for the right life insurance affiliate program, and I have... Say no more? Huh? I see you working with AccuQuote. AccuQuote? Yes, AccuQuote. They are the nation's premier life insurance brokerage. Go on. AccuQuote will create custom creatives for you to optimize your eCPM, and they will offer you the highest payout for this offer anywhere. So when's all this going to happen? As soon as you visit AccuQuote.com. For life insurance, visit AccuQuote.com. Don't be fooled by your web analytics. If you think your web analytics are giving you all the information needed to manage your paid search accounts, you'd be shocked to see what they're not telling you. How are you tracking sales received over the phone that resulted from your PTC ads? Now, you can track call-in sales by campaign, search engine, and keyword with engine-ready call analytics. Optimize top spending keywords with more accurate tracking and achieve higher PPC profitability. Get started now tracking your PPC call and sales with Engine Ready Call Analytics. Visit EngineReady.com to see how easy and inexpensive accurate call and tracking can be. EngineReady.com. The Web Marketing Association is now accepting entries for the 2008 Web Marketing Awards. The Web Marketing Awards recognizes the best websites from nearly 100 industries. Web Marketing Awards winners receive an image plaque, certificate of achievement, higher visibility for your company, valuable feedback from our expert judges, links to your site from the highly ranked Web Awards site, and the press release from PR Web. Visit www.webaward.org to nominate your company, site, or organization. Hurry, deadline for entries is May 31st, 2008. It's the Web Marketing Association's 12th Annual International Web Marketing Awards. Go to www.webaward.org. Sign up today. SEO 101 is now in session. <laughs> That's great. SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. Search engine optimization for beginners. Congratulations, you've just been Rickrolled. New episodes Mondays and Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. And check out their live broadcast Thursdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. Or on demand anytime inside the Search Engine Optimization channel. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Find Webmaster Radio now on Facebook, MySpace, and Twitter. Add us today from the webmasterradio.fm homepage. And now, back to Life Tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, and wiser. Here are your hosts. Hi, everybody. We're back, and we're talking today with Paul McRandall, who is the deputy editor of the National Geographic Green Guide. Hi, Paul. How are you? Hi. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being on with us today. 
Um, now, what really, what really caught my eye, I love the Green Guide. I'm a huge fan. I go to it all the time to learn about new ways to you know, become more environmental, things that are infecting the environment, affecting the environment, not infecting, excuse me. Um, <laughs> um, so what really caught my eye this week was your article on what happens to pharmaceuticals and wastewater. Um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit more about that, get to know, you know what you learned from the whole experience. Um, can you just give us an overview of the article? Sure, yeah. Well, I mean, what's come up recently um, in, in research is that there are a whole variety of pharmaceuticals ranging from antidepressants to um, uh, estrogen to other drugs, medicines for pain, um, high cholesterol, asthma, all in our waterways. And uh, these are arriving there because people are uh, at times disposing of uh, old pills that they no longer need. Uh, they also go through our bodies and get flushed out. Um, and then some of these chemicals, uh, such as uh, estrogen, so it also exists naturally. Um, and they're creating a kind of, um, you know, a brew that mixed with things like pesticides and so on flowing off of uh, um, farmland uh, ha- have an effect on wildlife. Now, the, the concentrations that pharmaceuticals are in are very small, but there is still some concern when they enter uh, the um, uh, waterways, rivers, and streams. They may also be getting in very tiny amounts into our drinking water, but the, um, the indications are so far that those are so small that they will have no effect on people's health, in contrast perhaps to you know, other elements maybe in, in drinking water. Um, now, what kind of what kind of problems are we seeing with wildlife so far? What are the effects that we're specifically seeing? Well, the ones that are really noticeable are the um, uh, the changes in uh, sex hormones in fish and their um, their makeup. So you have some male fish that are showing some of the um, proteins that are involved, uh, that, that are, uh, come from female fish and from uh, growing eggs, um, you see in some cases that uh, they're not spawning as frequently. And this can even result, as an experiment in um, Canada showed, when they put uh, a excess of estrogen into a test lake that you can kill entire populations of species. Um, there are sometimes changes in the sex organs as well that make uh, reproduction difficult for fish. Now, is there any specific type of fish, one type of fish that this is affecting, or is this pretty much across the board that we're seeing problems? Well, it does affect different species differently. So um, there in Canada, they tested these uh, fathead minnows, and or rather that's the fathead minnow population was the population that showed results. Um, the... Um, there have been, you know, other fish in other areas, uh, bluegills down in Texas, uh, sucker fish, but you can't um, really look at any, you know, given species and say, well, avoid, you know, that one because they're gender confused or these are full of antidepressants. You know? <laughs> now, are we, are, are humans at, at any risk when we ingest these fish? Um. No, really, the chances are are very very unlikely that it, you would suffer any um, any grave illness from them. In you know, in, as opposed to 
fish that contain mercury um, in high levels or fish that um, uh, may have uh, intaken in other problematic environmental chemicals. So the, um, you know, the, while the pharmaceuticals are something to be concerned about for their effect on the fish population, um, they probably are not the, the sort of contaminant that we need to be as worried about it for our own health as we are when it comes to, you know, the, the known contaminants in fish. Mm-hmm. Hi, Paul. My, this is Carolyn. I'm Mandy's co-host today. Um, I read your article also, and it's just um, fascinating. And I saw that you said that, um, they, that um, uh, scientists found traces of these pharmaceuticals in Montana well water and New Jersey tap water. I'm just curious what the federal government is doing as far as testing our water supply and doing tests on, on human health to see if, you know, these same odd problems that are happening in fish could, you know, eventually after amount of time could happen to humans. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the, the, the difficulty is always in finding out the sources for these chemicals. And so we see these things happening to fish, but we don't know whether, you know, the, um, say the estrogen that are coming, that are taking comes from pharmaceuticals or comes from natural sources. And the same is true with people. Uh, we know that people are getting hormonal uh, effects from chemicals in the environment. And these can come from things ranging from phthalates in plastics to bisphenol A, also found in plastics, um, to chemicals, other chemicals in the household, uh, even in cleaning products. So there's our entire environment is having an effect on us and pinpointing specific health effects related to just what may be in in tap water is something that's too fine-grained. For um, percentage right now to to pull out, but um, there has been some testing and some you know where where they have done the, you know testing for pharmaceuticals in water they have occasionally found it. Um, it's just not tested everywhere and um, and and fortunately what they know is that um, the filtering processes that uh, uh, municipal water supplies may use don't necessarily eliminate all pharmaceuticals. Pharmaceuticals have, yeah. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, I'm just saying that, though, that there's a, um, uh, there's so many types of medicines out there that it's it's, um, almost an impossibility to design a filtration system that would take all of them out in any sort of economically feasible way. Well, now, I was reading through your article, and I noticed that you said that 45% of Americans are taking at least one prescription drug. I actually, I know that number seems high, but I think, to me, that seems remarkably low, considering the <laughs> amount of women who are on birth control and, and people who are, are taking Prozac or other, you know, um, various types of medication. I think, actually, I would think that the number would be even higher. Well, I mean, I, then I guess you should be happy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's... It's clear that you know Americans are taking uh, more drugs than before, and you know there are there are many reasons for that. Um, it's just I think you know something we become more aware of. Now, is it is it just birth control that's showing up, or is it? I mean, what are the different types of drugs that are showing up? Are allergy medications also showing up? I mean, is there are there certain types that that affect you know wildlife worse than others? Well, um, the you know the uh, the birth control pills and the patches in particular are, are 
thought to be an issue because patches, uh, when they are removed from the skin, uh, retain most of the drug within them. So if that were to be flushed on the toilet, uh, it would be able to give it up. The, but again, we don't know how much of the estrogen that may be affecting or, or estrogen-like compounds that may be affecting fish come from birth control pill use. Um, we know that Prozac and you know, or similar antidepressants have been showing up in bluegills, um, but we we um, it would it would require is that that researchers are test for specific drugs in in fish and, and other animals. So it tends to be a rather expensive procedure, and they haven't necessarily gone through a wide range uh, to find. That's interesting. Now, are are the authorities or scientists recommending any different kind of um, prescription drug disposal? I know that some people traditionally were flushing their old drugs down the toilet. Is there any movement in the health community to be more responsible about this? Well, yeah, in the um, the American Pharmaceutical Association, uh, in conjunction with the um, um, Fish and Wildlife Service, have... Um, put together a program to encourage people to uh, dispose of drugs in their um, solid waste trash. So rather than flushing them in the toilet, they recommend um, pulverizing them, mixing them with coffee grounds or kitty litter so that wow. they can't be um, used by anybody who might be going through your garbage. And you know, these, those concerns come up with pain, uh, <coughs> painkillers, particularly. Um, anyways, the... Uh, the idea is, though, is to to render them um, uh, unusable and um, and yet keep them from getting into the environment. They'll end up in landfill, and you know, landfill is its own problem. But at least they should more or less be, stay there. Yeah, we hope. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Now, and, everyone. You know, I mean, the ideal is I should speak up about one thing. You know, what what we like to encourage. Um, companies to do is to take responsibility and institute take-back programs rather than put the onus on the consumer to dispose of them mm-hmm. properly. So mm-hmm. currently, this is not even legal in, in many places, but um, where, you know, where local jurisdictions have instituted drug take-backs, um, they, they've had some success, and they've certainly helped clear out you know, old uh, medicine cabinets. Now, we're also not looking to create panic in the streets about, you know, humans drinking tap water. I mean, every, everyone has their concerns about drinking tap water, but we're not looking to create panic. We're just sort of raising awareness, right? Well, that's, that's exactly it, and that's why I don't want to overemphasize um, any health effects uh, before we have any you know, real data about them from drinking, you know, from uh, pharmaceutical, you know, minimal pharmaceutical levels in tap water. Um, because bottled water poses its own problems. Um, it takes uh, three times as much water to produce a bottle of bottled water than, it, than you actually get. So, um, you know, it's, it's wasteful, and it is not necessarily, because a lot of bottled water comes from tap water, it's not necessarily any different than what you get at your tap. Um, we also like to encourage, you know, drinking of tap water so that people are more invested in their own uh, watersheds and, mm-hmm. you know, will work to uh, ensure that they get clean and pure tap water coming from, from their taps. And one good way to do that is to make, you know, is to make sure that your water reservoirs are not um, developed 
and that you don't have residential communities growing up around them or farm farmland um, uh, washing off uh, and, um, pesticides and so on into your uh, drinking water supplies. My community is sponsoring a um, subsidized subsidized um, rainwater barrel that you can put on the top of your house. So maybe, who knows, maybe that's a good short-term <laughs> alternative. I don't know. Well, it depends, too, on you know the community. In Colorado, um, you can use rainwater only for your... Um, uh, your external landscaping. You can't use it for showering, drinking, and so on because they don't want that water to um, then go into the sort of stormwater system. They, it has to sort of remain in the public <laughs> uh, uh, groundwater supply. It's kind of funny. So it depends on where you're, where you're at and what the jurisdictions are. You know. Yeah. Well, if anyone would like more information on this article or any of your other articles, they can visit you at what website, Paul? <laughs> that would be thegreenguide.com. Excellent. Um, now, speaking more about the Green Guide, I understand that you guys have your next issue coming out in June, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you issue. also have a book in the works. Is that true? We do, and that's coming out in May. Um, we're having a little sort of preview at the Go Green Expo in New York City on April 26th. Um, but the um, the book itself will be in bookstores in May, and then our current issue, the, the spring issue, is on newsstands now and can be found you know, at Barnes & Noble and bookstores and magazine stores as well as grocery stores around the country. Mm-hmm. Now, can you give us a little bit of a, a taste of what we can find sure. in the book? Well, um, the book is a, one of a sort of general how-to on greening your life. And it covers a broad array of areas from your cleaning products, your furniture, your um, personal care products, clothing, and so on. It's really looking at every element of your life to see how you can um, uh, choose greener products and take on greener practices. It's very much what we do on the website, too, um, looking at, at you know, every, every aspect of uh, your individual life, as well as you know your involvement with your community, to um, uh, to help green cities, to help green schools, um, and green your home. Mm-hmm. Now, um, everyone can find that at, at traditional bookstores, and we can also <laughs> go back to the website to check that all out, right? Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so uh, we generally end the show. Uh, we ask our guests to bring a couple tips with them. And I think that because of where you work, you're probably chock full of environmental tips. So did you bring any tips with you today that you could share with our listeners? Yeah, well, I just want to talk about saving water. And these uh, are a little preview from our June issue. And uh, our feature will be on, on saving water, and it's uh, all related to this notion of keeping you know, water supplies um, vital you know, and clean. Um, so just a few simple things. One that will can make a big difference is to just cut your shower time down to about five minutes and just use an egg timer um, to turn it on set of five minutes you know and you'll save um, uh, about 21 uh, gallons every time you you get into the shower if you take an eight minute shower normally um, really? yeah another one that's really important and that involves almost, uh, you know, you see no difference. You, you, it, it should, you won't suffer at all is by just to fix leaks and dripping faucets um, because houses uh, often can drip up to like 9.5 gallons per day, and that can account for about 10% of your, your water usage. So just get those, those uh, leaks fixed. 
Um, you know, do things like, you know, run your dishwasher when it's full um, ra- rather than rinsing your plates. Um, uh, just, you know, scrape food into, the, into your compost pile or your garbage. And um, most dishwashers now can handle, you know, a bit of food residue on them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, do, you know, another simple one, you know, is encourage your family and, you know, and yourself to turn the water off while you're brushing your teeth. You know, it's it's just easy things like that. That's a lot of you know our approach is we we try to help people um, make the very simple changes that can make a you know large difference in their lives uh, in terms of their their you know either wasting water or saving energy. Uh, and we offer a lot of money saving tips as well. That's fantastic, Paul. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. You make it seem very easy. <laughs> well, we try to. <laughs> I, you know, we we want to ma- help people. Uh, you know, take the simple steps towards, uh, you know, improving the environment. Because if if we get a substantial, you know, uh, percentage of Americans doing this, you know, small changes can have huge impacts. Mm-hmm. Well, I encourage everyone to go to www.thegreenguide.com and to subscribe to the emails and to to check out everything that your website has to offer. It really is the, the best source for easy ways to go green. It is absolutely a fantastic resource. Um, so thank you so much for being on with us today. We've thank learned you, Paul. quite a lot. You're welcome. <laughs> so thank you, you very much, Paul. Okay. And take care. We will speak to you again. Great. Now, Bye-bye. Carolyn and I, before we sign off, Carolyn, thank you so much for joining me today. I really well, appreciate Mandy. it. Well, Mandy, thanks for having me. It was fun, and it was an enjoyment talking to Paul as well. Great, great. Well, thank you so much. And I hope Byron isn't jealous that we had so much fun without him. (laughs) Remember, everyone, cowbell. (laughs) Thanks, Carolyn, for joining us. And thank you, everyone. Tune in next week for more life tips. I'll see you later.